We're talking Lion Athletics. Each week, Tyler Thomas finds out what fuels their competitive fire. It's time for Coffee with Coaches on 90.9 The Lion. And welcome to the first episode of Coffee with Coaches. I am here with Coach Ayla Gazzardo, the head women's basketball coach here at Southeastern. And it's been a fun journey. We've been here a while and finally going to start talking about some cool things, and I'm happy to have you on. Yes, I'm happy to be here. Uh, anytime we can promote our program uh, and the work that we're doing is, is a good day. We talk about it a lot, but this program has seen such tremendous growth in the past few years. I mean, you've been here seven to eight years now as the head coach. And from the start, every year it seems like you've gotten better. Every year you've improved. There were milestones where you hit your first conference tournament, you make it. Then you make it to the finals, and then you win the whole thing. And so it's been a steady journey all the way up to this point. Yeah, um, it's literally been like a ladder. We've just kind of been getting higher and higher each time. Um, you know, we were so excited to make the conference tournament in 2020, and then it got canceled from COVID. Uh, so we never really got to play in it. And then, you know, we made it the following year, got into the semifinals, the championship game, and then finally won it. Um, hopefully we can stay on top of that ladder right now and, and stay consistent mm-hmm. with the top of the league. You talked about that COVID 2020 tournament. I very vividly remember where I was when it was announced because you guys were taking the court at the conference championship. Me and Adam Cortez, my old sports host, you you came on Uh that show a couple times. We were filming our episode, our preview episode for that tournament. And so we got that notification. It's just a crazy year. And to look and see where you came from that moment, winning conference championship, it's awesome to see. And you had an interesting journey to get here, obviously a local product. How, tell us a little bit about your journey to Southeastern. Yeah, um, born and raised here in Hammond, uh, went to St. Thomas, went to School of Way, went to junior college in Shelton State in Alabama for two years, transferred to University of Akron in Ohio, uh, Akron, Ohio. Loved it, wanted to stay for my master's program, finished my master's, got an assistant coaching job. We won our NC, uh, won our, our conference that year, went to the NCAA tournament, and I loved it. It was great. Confetti flying around everywhere, and then I'm looking in the stands, and I see my mom and my stepdad. I'm like, oh, golly, you know, I, I want to celebrate this, and I want to be back home and want to experience it with my family. I come from a big family. So immediately I knew I needed to come back home. Uh, something told me to just make that adjustment. So resigned from that job, moved back home, and got the assistant job Well. Worked for a little bit for about a few months and then got the assistant job here. Um, and I needed it. The home is is me. I, I love Louisiana. I love Hammond. Um, and, you know, my goal was to come back here at Southeastern and make this place great. Well, you definitely made it great. I mean, obviously you've, from the start, obviously your first season as head coach, 9-21 and record, to this point where you just won the conference championship. That's important. And I talk about it often. Southeastern feels like, From an athletic department standpoint, it really feels like a home kind of environment. And obviously you being a local product probably helps you a lot in that sense, obviously with like recruiting and things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, When people come here, they're like, oh, God, so family oriented. The community is so behind the the university. And that's true. That's one of the reasons that I wanted to come back home, because this is that hometown, hometown feel. I have a lot of players who have graduated recently, especially, and never left. You know, I had a kid from Alabama, Mm -hmm. Cece Cunningham. And she loved it so much here that she got a job here, and she lives here in Hammond. Uh, got a recruit that I recruited for a while. She came back, and she's like, God, people don't ever leave here. I'm like, no, they. it's a great place to live. It's a great place to have, a, uh, you know, your career, your job, your family. My assistant studied here that she loved it so much that she raised her family here. But it, Hammond is a great place to be. 
the communities behind you 100% administration. You, I mean, I have our president that's at every one of our home games um, practices that is relevant and keeps, you know, you at the top of his list. Yeah, and that's awesome. You talked about your coaching staff, and that's one of the things that I actually had on here because you have had what seemingly almost exactly the same staff your entire time here, Coach KJ, Coach Asia, and just got Coach Robertson in a, a couple years ago. But that staff, I mean, I, can't, I can only imagine how imperative it is to have a staff that long and how that is how that how good that is at helping build a program oh that's huge and i'm gonna be honest the reason that we are successful is because of my staff Mm -hmm. i'm at the head and i understand that and i'll take all those other responsibilities but when it comes to basketball and recruiting and and making sure the girls have everything that they need those three do a phenomenal job at it you know coach kj is literally my right hand best friend uh been with him for as long as i've been here and he's my complete opposite. You know, mm-hmm. if you'll watch us, that he's on a high, and I'm gonna make sure and be a little bit lower. I'll be high, and he'll he'll mellow us out. But where we're at as a whole is, you know, shows the body of work that that our program has done. Because I could not have been this successful without my coaching mm-hmm. staff, and, and I know that, and I'm thankful. I wish I can keep him for another seven, eight years. <laughs> um, but I know eventually their time will be, you know, to be a head coach or move on to a higher position, and I will be 100% supportive of that. But I'm going to embrace them as long as they're here. Yeah, and you talked about it. That's one of my favorite things because, obviously, I sit right next to you guys every time y'all play a home game. Sorry and, about that. Yeah, and I see the interactions between Coach KJ and the girls and you. And it's, it's just different because a lot of the times you put on, like, a calm face. And I know that the stresses of conference play and things like that are obviously getting to everyone. But it's just so different seeing Coach because KJ's going to get up and he's – He's going to get animated because, you know, that's that's part of it. I mean, you, you a lot of the time you see coaches, they they yell because that's that's coaching. But you seem more calm. But that's that's a really good balance, obviously, because you're getting every part of coaching in that sense. Yeah, we have to. I mean, you know, there'll be times that he'll be the bad guy, be the good guy and come into it. Or it'll be surprisingly, it'll be worse. Sometimes I'm the bad guy and he's the one like, all right, we got it. Pick it up. You know, you'll be OK. <laughs> Um, but we find a great balance. And I think because we're such a tight knit family as our coaching staff, you know, I don't think of us as assistants and head coaches. We're more of a family. Our girls feed off on that and they Mm -hmm. see that we can disagree at times, but we have the common gold and we're going to work towards that at the same time. So one of the things I wanted to talk about with you, obviously, because you're a head coach and you're coaching division one athletes, you yourself formerly being a division one athlete. How do you think that connection helps you coaching and obviously recruiting the area? Oh, it's huge. Um, I don't ever want to coach a player and tell them to do something that I haven't done myself. Mm-hmm. You know, we've I've had to run the sprints, the suicide. I've gotten in trouble for not following the rules. So I've, I've been through everything that they've done um, and everything they're probably going to do, even though they come to find out they, they find new stuff every year to make up. It's incredible. <laughs> um, but I think it's huge going through that process, being recruited. You know, I sit in parents' homes and, and their home visits and tell them exactly, you know, what I would want to be told as a, as a student-athlete. Um, being from here, I kind of know the, the area a little bit better. I know the, the school, the program, so it's easy for me to relate to them in, in that aspect. So, you know, coming into Haley Geritana's home, I'm telling her why she should stay at home. You know, I'm going into a kid from Miami, Shay Daniels from Miami's home, and I'm telling her why she should move to Louisiana, why mm-hmm. move to Hammond. So we can relate in a great environment for that. Yeah, and you talked about that. Recruiting the area, that's such a big thing for an area like this, obviously because we're not on the level of, say, like an LSU or whatever that's bringing in all these these 
eyes and this revenue, we're a local product, and that's kind of the backbone of us as an athletic department. Obviously, it's a, and Coach Artigues always says this, it's an FBS experience at an FCS level for football, but it's for all the athletic departments in general. And so recruiting the area is so important because that's, that's your lifeblood. That's who's going to be at your games. That's who's going to be supporting your team. Yeah. If you look back in 2016 when we were here, we probably had like 250 fans, mm-hmm. um, but we didn't have a ton of Louisiana kids on our on our roster. My goal was to recruit in first, out second. That that's the biggest thing. Being from here, I would have loved to play at Southeastern. I didn't get that opportunity. Um, was looked over a little bit, and and that's fine. I had a great career. What I did, but I want to make sure and have the kids that we should be recruiting here the opportunity to stay at home. Um, now, if they want to go far, go experience it. No problem. Uh, with the transport, will probably catch you on the back end. Yeah. But um, we try to make sure that we touch in first and then we go out. You know, we don't want to let our backyard leave if they don't have to. And it helps with the with the the crowd. I mean, now we're pushing 700, 800 every game. That's huge. We had 1,000-plus on our, on our last home game, um, a Thursday night women's game standalone. That's big for, mm-hmm. you know, our area. And we've gotten the crowd support. A lot of people want to come watch Jen Pierre play. You know, she's right down the street from Amy. It's an easy drive, and you get to come see him. And then you fall in love with a new player, and you fall in love with a new player the next time. Or maybe the coach is fun to watch on the bench. Yeah. We we try to make sure we touch all that. And you talked about both Haley Giovatano and Jin Pierre, both local products, both two key contributors for your team. <laughs> Haley Giovatano has been a key contributor for, it feels like, the entire time you've been here. And obviously those two being local products and being key contributors on your offense and on the defensive end that's huge I mean for retention and for I mean every single part of your basketball program yeah um and Haley's taken her bumps and bruises here and there you know her freshman year she didn't play as much as mm-hmm. she's playing now or even like the past few years so she's she's taken her time on getting with this program uh, one thing about them though is they're not only great basketball players they're great human beings um that's I think that's what people don't get to see outside of the games they like to watch us, and Jen's so fast, and Haley's so smooth with the ball, or Shay's so big, Taylor's so strong. But like when you get to know him as a person, mm-hmm. that's where we enjoy this job. Because I'm gonna be honest, our coach Ortiz could probably think differently. But if I don't win another basketball game and they become great people, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. But there are such good people to be around. Um, they're fun. My kids are growing up around them. They have great role models, and I think that's probably the best thing that being a coach here has probably influenced my life a lot. Coach, last year felt like a fairy tale type season. You guys, you did it. You went all the way through the conference tournament and you won. You took the whole thing home. Tell me your emotions. The I mean, obviously the game led up. It was a tough tournament. You guys took it home. Tell me about your emotions. It was a roller coaster. It was it was hard. It was emotional, eventful. The ups and downs were unreal, just the whole tournament in general. Um, you know, getting the double buys was huge for us because, um, you know, we weren't playing a ton of people at that time, so we really needed to rest bodies. And when we saw we had Commerce in the first round, we knew it was going to be tough only because, you know, every game that we played, when we played here, it was a tough game. We played there, it was a tough game. So we knew the third game um, could have got us. And then we lost Alexis Horn. And that was the really hard part because you're in the game, you're trying to control your emotions with the game, and your quote-unquote best player goes down with an ACL tear. And, and I knew it was bad. 
Um, our trainer's great. She was she was kind of aware of it in the beginning, and she did the way she looked. And it was like, oh, you know, this is not a good thing. Um, so you want to be there for her, and you want to support her and love on her and make sure she's okay, but you still have a game to coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her best friend comes in and hits the winning shot to take us into the championship game. You get to the championship game without your leading score, and you're just hoping to God someone else is going to step mm-hmm. up in that role. Um and you know, then Taylor Bell arises. So it it was a fun, emotional, up and down tournament time. And then you finally you're at the end, and the clock's going down. And you're like, is this really happening? So you're just. I was just so many emotions that you really can't put into words um, very well. But it was fun. It was fun mm-hmm. just seeing the smile on everybody's face and the crowd and the, the confetti. We talked about the confetti all the time like mm-hmm. holding the trophy and then you finally see it in real life and you get it it was unreal and definitely something that is going to hold a high piece in our minds um, forever you know our, our players still talk about it you don't know what it's like to hold that trophy and have the confetti and to be able to be at the top and sit alone at the top um, and that's something that we we carry with the program we know what it feels like we don't ever want to feel the other way so it, it pushes us forward I know for me as just obviously the home broadcaster and a fan myself at the time I was teaching and I all the lessons for the day were done we were it didn't matter what we were doing when it came time for that game the game was on students were watching with me and I just remember sitting there and I had to like sit down because like seeing it I was (laughs) like this is this is this is it we won and obviously it was seeing see it was cool seeing volleyball and that was awesome for coach white but for me personally, like seeing you guys win it, it was like it really did feel like I was winning the conference championship, which it, it was amazing for me. And so like it was it was just a cool experience for me. Well, I'm gonna and, be honest, you're the, you and uh, who was it with who with you did it the podcast the first time? Oh, Adam Cortez. Yeah, that's right. You and Adam did like my first like big podcast when I got the job, and I was like, oh god, this is nervous here. And and ever since then, I was been I've been comfortable talking and a little bit better and a little mm-hmm. bit better. But I mean, y'all started it whew, a while ago. Yeah, that Look was you now. we were in undergrad. Yeah, it came a long way together too. I mean, <laughs> I've been here the whole so that's and that for me, it really did feel like yeah. like it was awesome and it was a great experience. But you guys won it and you made it to the big dance. I mean, you, you made it to the NCAA tournament and obviously you knew you were going to play somebody. You knew you were going to play somebody crazy. Not them, though. You got paired against Caitlin Clark in Iowa. How do you coach, as a coach, how do you look at that and you're like, she's probably the best player in the country. How do how do we do this? That's a fun thing, though. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was looking at the TV screen, I saw number 15. I'm like, oh, gosh. And then we're Iowa, and I'm like, maybe they're wrong. I'm like, maybe they're wrong. Maybe <laughs> it's, it's mess up. Um, but scouting for Iowa was fun just because you're talking mm-hmm. about you know, we watch them play all the time. And you're like, oh, how are you going to let her score 44 on you? Or, how, or like, how are we not going to let her score on us? Um, trying to scout that caliber type of player was hard at the times, mm-hmm. but it's like a no-brainer. This is what you should do. But you have to remember, do you have the personnel to do this? Do you have the ability to do this? So we were just trying to make life miserable um, mm-hmm. for, you know, limit her touches, try to make other people score. But She's got great role players around her, and she had a great post at the time. So we were trying to pick our poison. Uh, I think we got caught up in the in the big game. Mm-hmm. 15,000 people booing us was fun because you don't get that often. Mm-hmm. The arena was phenomenal. The chartered flight was great. Um, 
So we really took in the moment for that tournament. But I think this year, you know, we've already experienced it. We kind of know what to expect. Um, we were just we were just enjoying every moment that we had, you know, during the tournament. It was really cool to see because, like, I follow so many sports journalists on Twitter and things, and they're covering a Southeastern mm-hmm. women's basketball game because, obviously, it's a big-time player on the other end. And so seeing that was just really cool for me. And obviously, I knew in the back of my head, I was like, "This is this is this is it. This yeah. is the this is probably the toughest matchup you could get." Other than obviously, there were other teams that were good, mm-hmm. but I mean, you, she's that's not the one that we wanted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, obviously, I mean, you go there, and that's huge. I mean, that is a big thing, and for the university, I mean, that was huge. I mean, for the program, is that a program defining moment going to the tournament? Hands down, hands down, just going. No, no one's ever been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was a first-time conference championship, first-time NCAA tournament appearance. That's big. Um, but like you said, it's big for the university. You know, I'm looking at enrollment. I'm trying to think. Enrollment goes up. Everything else goes up. So we're looking at enrollment. We're Now we're on the nation playing Iowa. People are seeing it. So now if you're just a student and you like basketball, maybe I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to go to Southeastern over UNO. Yeah. You know, something small like that. Um, we're just trying to make sure that we keep pushing forward our university and that's our goal um, we want to bring awareness to our area awareness to our university and promote it and show them what we have and we can compete and we have the caliber to do that and if people talk about that all the time they don't really know the impact I mean if you look at Doug Flutie's Hail Mary Boston College enrollment went up mm-hmm. you look at Patrick Ewing at Georgetown and we just talked about that this morning at a staff meeting but those are those are important and you look at that People see that, and people want to go be a part of what yep. they're experiencing, and athletics is so important in that sense. Yeah, we used to get a lot of um, people saying, hey, can I be on the team? And now I get emails probably every day. I want to be a part. I want to be a part. Mm-hmm. Um, or can I walk on? You know, I just want to be a part of the program. I've got numerous emails for just managers. Nobody wanted to be a manager back in 2017 mm-hmm. when we were at the bottom of the league. They want to be around winners. Our fans want to be around winners. It just yeah. is what it is. It's, it's contagious. It's fun. No one wants to go sit and watch people just do good and not and not win. Um, so we know that, and that drives us to be better. You know, mm-hmm. we want to be around winners. No, it's not fun coaching when you're losing every day. Um, so that's what pushes you to be better. That's awesome. And obviously, you go to the NCAA tournament. It, it's a loss, but you went. And then a completely new battle begins because you guys are losing a lot of key players. Sierra Cunningham, Chrissy Brown, Natalie Kelly. Those players, obviously, big impacts. I mean, you had a great team last year. What was the process going into this year coming forward? Because you had, you had to bring in a lot. Yeah, and people don't understand. Like They're like, oh, that wasn't your best players. Those were huge players for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie Kelly, what she did you know, in the paint – rim protector just defensively she made us tremendously better um and you know offensively she was smart you know she Mm -hmm. had the iq she can let she knows where the ball needs to go she can tell people her post seals um and she was a leader sierra cunningham phenomenal senior year you know Mm -hmm. scoring the ball finally with her three-point shooting um probably our most skilled athlete on the team and then christy brown who's going to go out and give you double doubles you know multiple offensive rebounds every night just workhorse. Those three are hard to replace, and we knew that, so we had to bring in multiple people to kind of fill those shoes. You know, mm-hmm. we brought in um, Kennedy Paul, who can score. Who you know, a very easy post uh, score. Shay Daniels, six four, big body, who now is going to take us to a different level size wise. 
Um, Mackenzie Thomas, offensive rebounder, energy player, AP uh, from Jones, you know, shooter. We had to bring in multiple people for that. And we, were, we started the recruiting process early. We had a lot of them signed early, um, so we kind of knew we were getting. Um, never knew about Lex getting hurt. That kind of threw a wrinkle in it, so we had to find some more people later on in the transfer portal. But it, it's it was tough losing them three. It was. But knowing what they've accomplished and how they left our program – they left it way better than they found it. And that's ultimately what every senior wants to do. I can tell you, as Natalie Kelly's broadcast partner now, the amount of basketball knowledge that she has yeah. is incredible. And that's that her talking and that basketball knowledge really brought along that question. But you talked about Kennedy Paul, Cheyenne Daniels, Mackenzie Thomas. Those are big names. You bring in them. And, you know, they Cheyenne Daniels helps with spacing. I mean, she does a lot. And it's not it, – it's not just offensively, defensively. They are good players, and you bring in those guys, and you start the season really well. Obviously, you're doing well in conference mm-hmm. right now. It feels like you've put it together. Obviously, there's still some work to do, but feeling pretty good about the season so far? I am. Um, like you said, there's still work to do. There's still some things um, that we want to clean up. You know, Our defense wants to get a little bit tighter. We want to score you know, more in transition, but ultimately where we are right now, I'm happy with but I'm not satisfied. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been in we've been in a lot of close games that we should have never been in. Um, you know, I look back at the McNeese game. We should have never put ourselves in that situation. We had a hard time scoring early on, and and had to go into overtime. Thank goodness we had a 19 point overtime, um, and held them to five. But we shouldn't put ourselves in that situation. We've been starting off the games too slow, mm-hmm. so we're going back and drawing board. That comes on us as coaches. So we have to go back. What are we doing in practice? Are we starting off practice too slow? Now our games are too slow. Just little bitty things. Um, but the fun part about our team right now is you really never know who's going to be the leading scorer each game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a good problem to have for us. Um, it's scary because I never know either. Um, it's on who has a hot hand. You just feed it to them. But, you know, and there's some other teams that you take away one person and it's a completely different team. With us, one person can go down. You know, we lost Taylor Bell uh, a few games ago. Now the next person's going to step up. So th- I think that's a good problem to have in our situation. Um like I said, scary for me, but great for them. So I want to move away from talking about this season because obviously it's still going on. But for me, this program, it's built over the years. And some of the defining players for me, and I wanted to talk about them, Celica Sterling, Morgan Carrier, Charlie Dugas, Caitlin Williams, they were with you from the beginning, it seems like. They felt like it was your core what is their impact on the program lasting to now? Obviously, they're not here anymore, but they were big, big time players that made big time plays for this program. Hands down, um, those are fun. Those are fun names that you just mentioned. Uh, we don't, we don't get to talk about them often, and I hate that. You know, a Caitlin Williams never got a conference championship because mm-hmm. she deserved it. You know, I look back at even Charlie Dugas, and you know, thankful she got her to her thousand points, but those people right there started this program you know they believed in something mm-hmm. um you know recording recruiting morgan and selica was was fun because i was selling a product that really they just took a chance on you mm-hmm. know i'm not over here saying we win championships here it was trust us believe in us and they really did that and they came in every day and worked yeah we had ups and downs and we had some some problems and battles that we were fighting but ultimately they believed in what we were saying they trusted it and they, you know, contributed to the to the game, but we would not be here 
celebrating championships, um, getting 700 plus people at our games every game without them. And they really laid the foundation for this program. And they laid a good foundation, Coach. One of the things that I talk about a lot on the broadcast and I recently noticed, every player on your team is just always smiling. And Natalie talked about it on the broadcast. You guys have a family environment. How important is that to on-the-court success? You have to. Um, we're not all, and we tell each other, we're not always going to agree. We're not always going to like each other, but we will always love each other. Mm -hmm. um, we have a common goal. And just like a family, you have a common goal. You know, you make sure each other's safe. You love each other. Um, you disagree at times, but at the end of the day, no one's going to mess with your family. You, you know that. And if you watch us on the floor, I think it shows a lot of times. You know, we got a technical game ago because Mackenzie was stepping up for Haley. She was trying to stand up for her. And I'm like, thanks for that, but, you know, we got this. But everything that we do is family env environment, family atmosphere, and that's where recruiting comes in. We recruit the right people. I'm not yeah. just out there recruiting anyone. I, I won't. If it's not a good character person, if I can't trust you in the locker room, if I don't think that you're going to have our back through thick and thin, we're not going to recruit you. I don't care what type mm -hmm. of player you are. Yeah. Um, but we're going to recruit good people before we recruit good basketball players. So I love that answer. And you've probably answered this 40 times this podcast so far, but this is the question I want to ask, and I'm going to ask it every single episode. Why do you coach? Why, uh, do, why do you do it? I, I love this game. This game has given me so much, probably, mm -hmm. you know, back towards me. It's given me a platform. Um, to talk about things that I care about, you know, the foster care system. My kids are all adopted through foster care. It's giving me that, giving me awareness for that. Um, I've made a difference in people's lives, and I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've used basketball to do that. But a lot of my players, um, this is they live better here than they do at home at times, and mm -hmm. you know they have a great home environment um, here with us. They're going out and they're going to be successful people, and watching them grow throughout basketball, we deal with a lot of adversity. Through, through the game, whether it's injury, um, death of a family member, we go through ups and downs, a bad game, a breakup, a bad test. We go through ups and downs, and we have to learn how to deal with it through the game. Um, I think that helps them learn how to grow and deal with things through life because there's going to be times that everything feels so good, and then all of a sudden something gut punches you and hits you, and you have to learn how to push through. You can't just not go to work anymore. You have to go to work. You have to be able to accept it, move forward, and push through it. And I think this game gives you that. Um, I love the the detail of the game. It's it's so many different aspects, you know, mm -hmm. of this game that it gives you. But those are probably my biggest. I mean, you get to travel. I've watched. We, we took the team to Hawaii this year. I've never been to Hawaii, and I'm 35 years old. Um, it's just fun that you get to see everything through their eyes. Every year, I feel like I get older, but my players keep getting younger. Mm -hmm. So it's keeping me kind of young. It's um It's fun. And then ultimately I get to watch my kids grow up in this environment. You know, my kids get to see goals and understand that college is important and a, a career and different types of people that we have. So it, it's definitely an eye open, um, but I want to make sure I'm significant in it. That's awesome, Coach. Last thing I want to – I just want you – if you're talking to the Lady Lion faithful out there, the fans, what's, what's your message to them? Obviously, you know – they're the lifeblood other than the players of this community. What do you want to tell them? Uh, my thing is thank you. If you'll hear me, every time I talk to people, I'm thanking them because 
no one has to show up for our games. Um, you don't have to come sit and give two hours to a basketball game. You don't have to step out and help feed our team after a game or, you know, buy them stuff for their locker room. You don't have to do that. And and all I want to say is thank you because we would not be successful if it wasn't for our fans, um, our supporters, our donors um, in this program. You know, please keep coming to games. If you come to games, I promise you we will give our best um, for you that night or, you know, or day. But and then the lastly is keep supporting other Southeastern programs, you know, mm-hmm. support our men's program, um, support our volleyball team, our, our tennis team, soccer, everything, support our, our cheer and dance because every student athlete is working towards a championship. And I think that we're doing that here. There's a reason they call us title town. Title town. Um, you know, every program is competing for a title and, and that's mm-hmm. important. And not all schools can say that they can do that. Well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate you coming on. It was an awesome, awesome time chatting with you and learning a bit of, of a couple things that I didn't know and maybe the average person listening wouldn't know. Anytime. Look, anytime you want me, you just let me know. Well, I'll <laughs> definitely, you'll definitely be back on 100%. This is the first episode with Coffee with Coaches. Thank you so much. Join us next week. We'll sit down, have some coffee, and enjoy it. See you next time.